And now, ladies and gentlemen, the time has arrived. You are watching Southwest Boxing Media in association with Brixton Streetwear. Welcome to Southwest Boxing Media Speaks. Kieran here from Southwest Boxing Media in association with Brixton Streetwear. And you must have missed me because in the words of Anthony Joshua, it was so nice. Nice. Scott is joining me again, my fellow co-owner of Southwest Boxing Media and my good friend. Mr. Scotty Williams, you're back, Scott, for a second week running, mate. You good? Yeah, I'm just like uh, part of the furniture now, aren't I, on these podcasts? You are, mate. You are. We said, <laughs> we, do you know what we did say? We stuck to our words. I'm sure the last thing we said on last week's podcast was we're going to try and do this more often. And we can't do better than a week later, can we? Exactly. Tell you what, we, we don't lie, you see, on uh, Southwest Boxing Media Speaks to Wiki. No, we don't, Scott. We don't. Now, Scott, something I mean, just before we get in the box, I'll ask you. This little intro I do, right? Do I sound, and be honest, do I sound a bit robotic when I'm doing it? Because I try my best not to be, but do I sound a little bit robotic as I'm thrown out, do you think? I don't think so, Kino. I think I, I, I wouldn't have said so. But I think you're, you're getting a bit too paranoid in the old age, then. I know, yeah. I'll be in front of the mirror now next. <laughs> when, I, when I'm shaving, I'll be saying these words. I'll be to to the podcast every morning. <laughs> well, Scott, um, boxing aside, how's your weekend been, mate? Good? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, boxing pretty much dictated the weekend. But apart from that, yeah, no, really good, yeah. Great weekend. You? Yeah, all good. All good. Just a quick question on that note. Uh, there was a time we used to talk about the football and we did used to bring it into the odd podcast <laughs> as well. Just just tell any listeners why you don't talk about the football these days, Scott. It's nothing to talk about, Kieran. <laughs> why is that, Scott? Uh, just United in, in free fall and they just shocking. Is that you, Man United you're talking about, Scott? Or? Yeah, I've actually got a Man United t-shirt on, actually, this moment in time. I don't know why, but there you are. Gotta, you got to support them through the good and the bad, I suppose, have now. What's, what's going on, Scott? I mean, we, we speak about it regularly, obviously, and I know we don't want you ranting out for the next 40 <laughs> minutes about Man United. I'm sure listeners don't want that. But in a few words, if you're able to do that, what is going on, Scott, in, in your opinion? What's the problem? I just think the the mixture of players they got there is just I don't know, I don't think there's any leaders. I think um the problem with United they've they've bought in all these prima donnas and I just think they're bigger than the club and they're not and they just well I just think recruitment's been shocking and hopefully now we'll buy the players that we need and not just the names to sell shirts. Yeah, yeah, well um I would say I hope I hope you're right, Scott. I don't know if you're right, mate, because I'm I'm literally loving life. As I said, we are Jurgen's men are going for the quadruple. Do I think it's realistic? I don't know. I I'm afraid to say it. But um we are getting very, very excited. I obviously went up on the weekend, uh big derby day Sunday, good win over those. Um so yeah, life is uh life is good for us scousers at the moment. But I'm not gonna rub it in anymore, Scott. I'm gonna bring it on to the, the boxing very swiftly. Cheers, Key. <laughs> so Scott, um, obviously it was a massive. You know, we were we said on last week's podcast we were really looking forward to the weekend. Uh, before we we sort of get stuck into the fight and talk a little bit about what happened inside the ropes, just tell me as a as an event and as a spectacle, Scott, what what did you make of it all, mate? In in comparison to maybe what we've seen from you know Matru Medion over over recent times, how how do you compare the show that was put on by Mr. Frank Warren on the weekend? Um, uh, well, 
obviously the, the ring walks are Tyson and Dillian and the, the main event was, you know, fantastic. I watched the Tyson Fury ring walk a few times. It gives you goosebumps, you know, it was un- unbelievable. Apart from that, um, well, where do you, where do you start? Um, I like the Nick Ball fight. I thought that was a great little scrap. Very, very impressed. I got to be honest, I was very impressed. Nick yeah, Ball. we're actually going to catch up with him later in the week, Scott. We saw keep an eye out for that interview. Yeah, um, I, thought, I thought that was that was most probably the, the apart from the main event was most probably the fight of the night. Apart from yeah. that, not a not a lot really. Um, Echo Esman did what he had to do. Tommy Fury did what he had to do. Um, yeah, that's about it really. Coming back to the, just coming back to the ring walk, Scott, as you said, very impressive. You know, Mr. Tyson Fury was never going to come in quietly, was he? Um, Dillian's was was pretty good as well. To be fair, you know, the old wolf foul as he likes to do. Um, in in terms of the best ring walk you've ever seen, Scott, what what if you had to pick one off the top of your head, the best ring walk you've seen, or maybe in recent times for you? Ah, uh, there's only one key, and that's that the Scott Quigg went from when he walked from his house into the stadium. <laughs> I thought you were actually going to give me a serious answer. How could you not mention that when you talk about ring walks? <laughs> he, he passed the postman and everything, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He waved to the next old dear next door as he went in, and uh, yeah, fanta- fantastic mind. He watched I laugh at head off. I don't know whose idea it was. But uh, yeah, no, anyone I, who I hasn't think... seen that, by the way, get on YouTube right now and, and watch that because that, that, that's a one timer, Scott, and it? it's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, you, you, once you see it, you won't forget it. The one that stands out for me in, in all seriousness is um, the one I love. They're always still, and I, I still watch it back now and then as well, as sad as I am. Do you remember the Klitschko one against David A out in Germany? Klitschko's walking. Yeah, when he was fighting David A, and David A was there in his foil in the ring. He was wrapped up in all his foil, like he was waiting to go in the oven or something. And um, Klitschko's walk was just unreal. George Foreman was in on it. Do you remember? I... George Foreman went and knocked the changing room, and then. Klitschko come out and obviously, I mean, the Chili's can't stop. What a song to walk into. Yeah, it's good. Then the fireworks went off then. It was one of the German stadiums it was. And uh, just brilliant. That one I always... And it was like a bit of a a bit of a storyline and promo being built up. And uh, if you haven't seen this, or you can't remember it. Yeah, I remember watching the fight. I just kind of kind of have to go back and on, on YouTube and watch like, yeah, I uh, can't, uh, totally, totally can't remember that at all. Yeah, no, that's, sad. that's definitely one of my faves, I've got to be honest, brilliant. But anyway, Scott, let's get, in, let's get into the fight then. Obviously, after the ring walks comes the fight, the bell goes. Um, I mean, what did you what did you make of it, Scott? Uh, let's start, obviously, with how impressed you were with Tyson Fury. I mean, how he started the fight, how he pretty much controlled the fight. And how did you score it, Scott, before, obviously, the knockdown? Well, at the time, uh, I didn't really give Dillian... Anything to be honest. Um, I thought the first round when he came out of Southpaw was was the best round. So mm. I mean, looking back, I think you know you could, you know, I wouldn't argue against anybody giving Dillian the first. Apart from that, uh, I just like you said, Fury was just Fury was he just you know dominant. Those little feints, those the jab, was just you know even. To be honest, even when um, Mike was roughing him up, I always thought Fury still had the upper hand. 
Mm. It's just thought he was it was a bit of a masterclass to be honest. Some people disagreed with that with me on uh, online on social media and said it wasn't a masterclass, which I find hard to believe. But each other own. But yeah, no, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, you, you didn't seem bothered by a Scott because you sent me a screenshot straight away. You didn't seem bothered <laughs> by. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, well, I, I'm quite surprised. I, I thought it was a complete masterclass. Um, but I'm very much pro theory, so maybe maybe if I was more pro white, maybe I, I'd uh, disagree with myself. Mm. I, I gotta be honest, I, I I agree with you. I mean, it was a very, very good Tyson Fury performance, wasn't it? He, you know, he he wasn't in trouble at all in the fight. I mean, Dillian really, if we've been honest, he couldn't lay a glove on him or a serious glove at that. You know, he was never he was never close to hurting Fury or landing a serious shot on him, really, if we've been honest, was he? No. You know, he was trying to make it, you know, a bit rough and tough and a bit ugly, which obviously would have suited Dillian White. But like you said, he just seemed like Tyson Fury seemed to be, you know, in control and had an answer for everything. Um, I mean, what what did you make, obviously, Scott? After I mean, the way the fight ended in the sixth round, it was it was an uppercut that landed, a slight push maybe afterwards. Um, Dillian has voiced his opinion on it after the fight and said that he thought it was an illegal push, and he's even mentioned that he sort of hit his head on the floor as he come down. Um, I gotta be honest, Scott. I'm I'm not having any of it. And I know Frank Warren isn't either. What did you make of that, Scott? Um, I, at the time, I just thought he knocked him out, and then when I watched it back, I could see there was a push. Uh, like well, you did, said, did, do you see it as those, Scott? Was I mean, we let's talk about that uppercut. Was that did that uppercut land clean enough for you to do the damage and to make Dillian be as unsteady as what he was when he stood up, or do you think, as Dillian is trying to say, it was more to do with that push, and then as he come down? His head on the canvas. How, how do you see it, Scott? I don't. I don't see how a push. You know, uh, he, he was he was gone. He looked gone to me. He mm. was he was going out. You know, if he did push him, you, you know, as you, you can't not watch that and say it didn't happen. He did, but yeah, I mean, he was done when he was he was finished. And was he going to get back up and beat Fury? Absolutely not. So if he'd really, gone up, Scott, it would have just been a matter of time anyway. Is irrelevant. It? He did push him. Yeah, he did push him, but he he was he was. Going, he was blowing quite early on in the fight. I thought um, he looked tired from about round two or three. So I just think, yeah, you pushed him, but you it was never ever winning that fight ever. No, no, as you said, if it was something where it was a very very close fight, you know, and and Dillian was winning winning rounds, and you know, it was something that you could say, oh well, that was controversial because Dillian could have got back up and gone on to win the fight or gone on to outbox Fury. You know, that's. That's a non that's never but that wasn't gonna happen as you said, Scott, was it? So, you know, it doesn't I don't see it as a controversial push, as I've seen it worded, because like you said, it didn't really change and it wouldn't have changed anything. It I just looked like it looked like a push that people do it on times, you know, they push each other back, you know, to get yeah, a bit, it, and it happens. to get a bit of space in between, you know, you and the fighter. Um Yeah. So I mean it isn't to be like ran at him and pushed him. I just think he hit him and sort of like pushed him back as if been Regained some space between Dillian and obviously he was on his way down anyway. And yeah, and the big thing for me was if you look back at the uppercut without going on about it too much, that uppercut landed clean enough. Although it wasn't as clean as an uppercut as maybe you know the one we think of John Davis and you know other uppercuts we've seen in the past to land bang on the button, it wasn't as clean as that, but it still did enough damage. I mean, if you look back at it, sort of Dillian's year was like rattling and you know and to me that says enough about how much that shot is connected you know Scott yeah definitely I think legitimate knockout 
uppercut, job done. You know, I, there's nothing really uh, much else to say. I definitely don't want to see the fight again. Things absolutely pointless. That was but, my next question, Scott. I, I mean, Dillian, obviously, as well as talking about this, um, he said that he, he hopes Tyson doesn't hang the gloves up because he wants to go again. I did like Frank Warren's sort of... Um, when Frank Warren, Frank Warren was asked about it earlier, the way he answered it was, I think he said something along the lines of, um, when I was younger, I wanted to take Julia Roberts out. Um, <laughs> that, that never happened. And, and do you know what? I think, would we be in a rush? Would we be in a hurry now to want to see a rematch between... You know, you're not, you're not getting another 94,000 people in Wembley to watch that. No, no, you're not, are you? Because, Scott, let's be fair, I don't think anybody would say any different. Completely same outcome for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. goes, it's like one in George Groves and the Frotch three is done. You knock them clean out, job done, yeah. and, you know, close the chapter, you know? Yeah, yeah. As, as you said, you know, for a for, to see a rematch of that magnitude, it would have had to be a really, really close fight, wouldn't it? Or, you know, like you said, being con- really controversial for us to want to see it again. But it wasn't any of that. It was, you know, a very, very good Tyson Fury performance. If it is to be his last performance, what a way to go out, you know, in front of 94,000 people at Wembley. Um, we know, obviously, we mentioned about the ring walk-in. Brilliant finish against, you know, a, um, a hungry mandatory tra- challenger. So, it'd be, you know, it'd be a good way to go out. Um, before we come on to what Tyson might do next, I mean, you did say last week what you think he is going to do, Scott. Dillian White, what do you see if he does... I mean, I don't see that rematch coming off, if I'm honest with you. I think he's catching the straws a little bit there. But we mentioned earlier on the phone, Scott... Um, there are still big fights for Dillian White, and there's fights that we would certainly like to still see him in, Scott, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, well, obviously, if Fury does retire, which he may, he may not. I'm not really sure where I stand on it. I mean, obviously, Wilder, Mauricio Suleiman said Wilder now is the is the guy that would that would take the number one spot. I'd love to see White and uh, Wilder for that world title. Um, whether that happen or not, I'm not sure. That is, Scott. That is a barnstorm. Yeah, well, with Parker and Joyce now tied up in their second and third place, then let's get let's get Dillian White. But whether they'll give Dill- whether they'll give Wilder Dillian White straight off the back of two massive, well, three massive losses against uh, Wilder, I'm not so sure. Uh, whether with against Fury, I'm not so sure. But giving giving White the credit that he deserves, we know he'd be game for it, Scott, wouldn't he? He wouldn't shy away from it. Yeah, definitely not. No, um, I think he'd, especially if it was for a, a world title, I think he'd, he'd count his blessings to have two shots. Mm. But yeah, I'd absolutely love to see that fight. I think uh, very, very surprised if it goes anything longer than six. Yeah, it's, it's a barnstorm. I think whoever lands first clean in our fight, either man could go. Like So yeah, I, I, I could be honest, I'd like to see that one as well. Scott, you mentioned obviously there as well, um, good shout in. You said about obviously the Joseph Parker, Joe Joyce fight. I don't think it's officially out there yet, but it's more or less done and dusted. I think it's a case of putting pen to paper and getting everything signed. Um, it was announced on the weekend. For the summer, we're looking at, I think, um, Frank Warren mentioned possibly a stadium fight. That's a, that's a very, very good fight, Scott, isn't it? Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, was, I saw sort of a face-off that they did between the two of them. And um, i got to say, Joyce does look massive. He does look you know, quite a bit bigger than... Uh, than uh, uh, Parker, so it'd be it'd be interesting to see um, to see that play out. I mean, lots of people are saying that Joyce is gonna Joyce is gonna beat him. Parker I, I is just, gonna I box him. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, you know. Joe, I don't know how you work, Joe Joyce Scott. I really don't. Unless you, you know, use a sledgehammer. I really don't know how you work the man. He hit the chin on him, is unreal, isn't it? Yeah. Um, 
obviously the engine he's got as well. Would you, would you put him as a slight favourite in our fight then, Scott? I, th- I just think I would just because he's he sort of proved he's proved me wrong these last few times against Dubois. He proved me wrong, you know. Obviously against um, uh, God, his name's gone Takam. I thought he did really well. Mm. Um, he just seems like yeah, he just seems like like an absolute like, like a juggernaut. Tends the name, you know. He just seems like yeah, like he's like you punching bricks when you punch him. I mean, like he's mm. he like hitting a brick wall. So. I mean, Parker's not known for his concussive knockout power, is he? Even he's known for more of his more of his boxing. So maybe he approaches it, you know, and outboxes him. But I can't see many people knocking him out. And it, obviously, like Frank Warren did mention, Scott, that he'd like that to be a stadium fight. I know the Emirates Stadium has been mentioned for Joe Joyce before. Um, I don't know whether he is an Arsenal fan or not. I'm not sure, Scott. I know Frank Warren is. Um, he mentioned the Emirates about a, a fight for Joyce before. Do you see? Do you see that being a big enough fight, Scott, to be main event in a big stadium such as the Emirates, or do you not see that doing those numbers realistically? How do you? Where do you stand with that, Scott? I can see it being pay per view. Yeah. Um, in modern day, it is, isn't it? Let's be fair. Yeah, it is. I can we, see it know. being a BT pay per view in the O2. I, you know, isn't it? I mean. I go by. Do you think it's a great fight? But you know, when you when you look at Joseph Parker from New Zealand, obviously you've got a Joe Joyce who you know he's obviously known for his amateur career in the Olympics, but he's not a massive name, is he? You know, in if you walk up to you know a random person on the street, I wouldn't say a lot of them will know who Joe Joyce is. Mm. So that's I mean that's why I don't think they do you know silly numbers, but I think they do the O2, and I think it's pay per view, and yeah, they'd be obviously really really looking forward to watching it. And that's that for you, Scott. That's definitely a main event fight in itself, isn't it? It, it wouldn't be, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. it wouldn't be like a co-main or nothing like that for you, would it? No, I think both deserve and want decent whack for that. And I think on an undercut, I don't think you're going to pay a headliner and those two, you know, the money that they want. Um, yeah, so that's a, that's a main event fight. If if is if there is um, something to say, Scott, about obviously if if it is a stadium fight in the summer. Um, do you think it's fair to say that we obviously voiced criticisms about the undercard on the weekend, um, Nick Ball and a couple of others aside? Do you think that Frank Warren would have to, if it's going to be a stadium fight in the summer, would have to put on a much better undercard than what we saw on the weekend? Do you think that's fair to say we'd have to see an Anthony Yard in it or a Callum Johnson? You know, we forget about Callum Johnson. He's under Warren as well. Um, yeah. Or Bois. Do, you, do you think that's fair to say, Scott? I do, but I don't see how he's going to do it because if Anthony Arn's fighting uh, Joe Smith Jr., you've got Dubois fighting uh, Trevor Bryant, you've got Zach Parker's fighting Andre, you've got um, obviously. What about, Nick... what, what about Scott? Sorry to interrupt you. What about a Callum Johnson, Lyndon Arthur on that on that card? How about that? I, it just come to me now. I know exactly what the main what the um, main sport's going to be. Go on, Tommy Fury, Jake Paul. Do you think so? Yeah, you think that's been lined up for that? Possibly, but then I, the more I think about it, actually, I think that's most probably a bigger, bigger reaching audience fight than Joe Joyce and Parker with obviously you know big these the poor YouTubers are. Maybe yeah. that's maybe that's a standalone you know thriller nonsense. But yeah. I, I can I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's on the undercard as the main event. They definitely they definitely sell tickets for it. I gotta be honest, like I said, I like the fight I just mentioned there, Scott. I mean, I don't know what's going on with Callum at the moment. I know he's um he's obviously had you know things going outside the ring, which you're not gonna go into, whatever. But 
you know, Karen Johnson, terrific fighter, and Lyndon Arthur equally as well. I think that would be a, a brilliant fight to put on. That's a great, like yeah, that. that's a great show for the end. That is the main, uh, sort of the main support, definitely. I'd absolutely, I mean, yeah. And, and, there's, I, and there's logic behind that fight as well, Scott, because obviously, you know, whichever man wins that fight, obviously the next step then is, is putting himself back in, in a position to fight for the world title, Scott, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, whoever wins that fight, then surely gets the winner of, you know, maybe they won't because of promotion reasons, but um, Craig Richards and obviously Boatzi, surely the winner of that, then, you know, faces that, that the winner of that fight. But obviously you've got the match room and you've got the Queensbury sort of uh, crossover there, which maybe won't happen. But yeah, whoever wins that, right in the mix. Yeah, we're talking in, in terms of our perfect world, yeah, Scott, and we yeah. just keep our fingers crossed. I mean, um, <laughs> last thing, Scott, before, before we move on to this weekend, because I want to give this weekend enough time as well, um, I just want to ask you, Frank Warren said, I noticed something he said after the fight, he said that Tyson Fury is a bigger star than Anthony Joshua. Now, I want to get your opinion on that, Scott. I mean, I'm not talking about, aside from who you think is the better fighter, I'm just asking you, who do you think worldwide, and being honest, is the bigger star or the bigger draw out of Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury? It's close. It is. I think. It, I think it is. I. I think Fury's a bit bigger. You do? Do you think? Do you think? Obviously, the three white, uh, the three fights with yeah. Andy Wilder in the states has helped his cause in our sense. Oh, but yeah. I mean, Joshua's only fought in America once, and you know we all know what happened then. Yeah. I Fury's been. I mean, this is his sort of his homecoming fight, wasn't it? Because he's been out in Las Vegas so much. Um. I watch a lot of obviously Ameri- American um, boxing channels, and you know he's absolutely massive on there. He's also been on Joe Rogan as well, out you know, which gets absolutely p- hundreds of millions of views. Wilder's been on there as well. I mean, AJ's. I can't imagine AJ going on there because obviously, you know, being media trainers, he is. I don't think that's something he would do. I yeah, I just think Fury's Fury's the man. Um, I think he's the the biggest name worldwide. He's been in WWE as well, mind. He's a massive name in WWE. People forget the audience in the build up for this fight. You had Triple yeah, and, and no matter what, you had the Undertaker. No matter what, Scott, to interrupt you. No matter obviously what the you know what your opinion is of WWE, we all know it's entertainment, but it's still widely followed, oh, isn't it? Particularly in America, it's massive, isn't it? Well, it's, last time it came out, sold at Wembley Stadium, you know, it's absolutely massive in the Principality Stadium. Yeah. You know, we saw Fury out in Saudi Arabia, you know, it was uh, honestly huge. And he's, you know, involved with that. He's had his, obviously had the, that sort of the Fury program on the TV. I just think he's the bit, he is, it's close. I'm not saying that, you know, I'd say, you know, Fury shades of 60 40, in my opinion, on, on the world scale, just because. Just because of his time in America and, and the WWE and everything else he's done. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I won't argue with that, Scott. I won't argue with And to be it. honest, Fury's Fury's the the fighter you get to see more interviews with. You know, Anthony Joshua is only certain interviews with certain people at certain times. You don't really get to see the the behind the scenes AJ where Fury literally you what you see is what you get with him. And I think that has more of a bigger span on social media in in my opinion. I think there's more chance as well of going to um, the sort of local Irish bar again on the karaoke with a few pints of Tyson Fury as well, isn't it? Exactly, he's the man of the people. <laughs> what do you make of his singing, by the way? Are you, I, me and the boys are just in the gym now, I just finished boxing myself, and um, we said as, as much as we love everything about Tyson Fury, and I mean, you know, we talked about his boxing, you just mentioned the other things as well, uh, you know, the, the entertainer he is, and he's a brilliant character. 
I'm not sure about his vocals, but could he get a new band? Oh, uh, I'm not going to tell him no key. Uh, but, uh, he's not uh, taking Shane's place, is he? I've got to be honest. <laughs> no, he's almost as tall as Shane's, almost as tall as in mine. But uh, no, uh, is yeah, stick to boxing, Tyson. <laughs> yeah, definitely, mate. Um, Scott, let's, um, let's move on then to this weekend because I think we've got to give this weekend this plaudits and, you know... As boxing fans, this is a type of type of fight week we look forward to. We rub our hands up because there's literally something for everybody this weekend. Um, I mean, let's just start off. Let me reel off what's going on this weekend. For those who may not know, I'd be surprised if they don't. We know obviously a massive, massive fight with within women's boxing. Um, Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano. The chief support on that. This is on the DAZN card, obviously. Um, Liam Smith and Jesse Vargas, which. I think it's fair to say, Scott, it could be a main event in its own right. Do you think that's fair to say? Yeah, I think I think it's a that's a that's a great fight. Um, definitely could be a main event. Obviously, I don't think it whether it headline the main, you know, sort of Madison Square Garden in the in the, in the main room. I, I don't think it does, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a definitely a huge fight. And as you said, you know that that the Katie Taylor Amanda Serrano fight, Scott. Uh, I I mean, this is just. Just it just shows, doesn't it? I mean, where women's boxing has got to. I don't think it's even fair to say and label anymore women's boxing. I think we should just talk about these fights and just say boxing because definitely. I think that's giving plaudits and credits to the likes of you know Katie Taylor and the other fighters that we see over in this country who are continuously pushing the sport. You know, the likes of Terry Harper, as we've mentioned. You know, Savannah Marshall, Natasha Jonas. All these fighters are just pushing it and taking it to another level, and I think. This fight on the weekend is just the biggest proof of that in all Scott really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't it doesn't really get bigger. It's obviously undisputed. You've got arguably two of the best female boxers that ever lived. Uh, they most probably are the two best. Obviously, but you have to put Shields in with that as well. Because she's in, but mm. these pair, I mean, wow. Uh, the company, you know, sixty. They got sixty-two wins between the two of them. Do you know what I mean? Sixty-two wins, a loss, and a draw. So uh, that's pretty big, you know. Um, and and, and we, they, fully, they fully deserve to be. You know, we know where it's happening on the weekend, Scott, and it's very much the mecca of boxing, if you like. And they fully deserve to have that place there, Scott, don't they? Definitely. I mean, again, um, you get what you deserve in boxing. People, you know, like people say, oh, but you know. The women boxing is not being paid enough, but then you've got the argument of you know when something is popular, it's popular. This is huge, is extremely extremely popular. Both women are headlining in Madison Square Garden, and they're getting seven figures each. So mm. when when the sort of demand is there, the supply is there, isn't it? And I, yeah, I think good on the on the pair of them. Great, you know they're in sort of those seven, those massive numbers. And yeah. they and they thoroughly deserve everything they've given given the sport, and especially Kitty Taylor without her. Well, I don't know where we'd be. Well, yeah, she, like you said, she's been a pioneer, Scott. And she, Definitely. you know, there's others that we've mentioned that are there with her as well. It's fair to say, but I, I think even those, even those women have said themselves, you know, that they look up to Katie Taylor and and how she's inspired them. You know, you walk into boxing gyms now and you see girls, women in the boxing gym, and I'm sure the majority of them would say, if you ask them, which female boxer or which woman boxer have you looked up to? Nine times out of ten, maybe eight times out of ten, they're going to say Katie Taylor, Scott, aren't they? Definitely. Um, she is. The, she's sort of the face, I think, of 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 boxing at the moment. I'm sure Clarissa Shields would argue otherwise, but yeah, I mean, 
like what well, obviously I think without Katie Taylor, I think they were thinking on and about possibly getting rid of women's boxing in the Olympics. And I think she went in front of the Olympic Committee and managed to persuade them. Then obviously she speaks to Eddie Hearn and guests signed the match room and then it's just gone on from there. I mean, without the, that drive from Katie, then yeah. I, I don't think women's boxing would be anywhere near what it is today. And that's why I think she is, like you said, people want to, the next upcoming women boxers and girl boxers want to be Katie Taylor and like you saw. Last hurrah for you, Scott, do you think? I mean, win or lose? Yeah. Go with win for Scott. If she I wins, think so. it's a tough fight. But even with a win, do you think it could still be last hurrah? I think so. I mean, she's 35 now. I mean, she's been boxing. Well, she's been boxing her life. She's been playing football for Ireland as well, hasn't she? But I mean, Not a bad football either, by the way. No, I know, yeah. Um, I I think so. And is she is it going to get bigger than this? No, because she can't fight Clarissa Shields because of the obviously the weight differences. Does she? I mean, does she fight Jessica McCaskett with one four seven for the undisputed one four seven? I don't think she does. I think that's a possibly might be a step too far, but who am I to say? Does she need to though, Scott? I don't think she does because I mean every every fight that I. I'm sure I'm right in saying dreams, the perfect dream is of going out on the high, isn't it? You know, going out on a high. What could possibly be higher than going undisputed Saturday night in the mecca of boxing, as we said, out there in America in front of such a worldwide audience? But, I mean, Scott, why would she need to carry on? She does need to, does she, after that? If she, You know, obviously, if she wins. Um. Well, she's earning seven figures, so she's going to be set for life, isn't she? And include all the money... That she's had already. Plus, you know, I'm sure this this will be the last we're going to see of I'm sure. I know obviously her dad's a trainer as well. She's mostly going to get involved with training. I would assume. Um, yeah, well, she's going to think the more to prove if she she's done more than I think anybody has done for women's boxing. That's a bit of a bold statement, I know, but I, I think she has. And yeah, twenty one and zero, undisputed, uh, lightweight champion. Twenty, you know, like we said, the mecca boxing beating arguably the one of the greatest other female boxers of all time. Job mm. done. Tick those boxes, 21 and 0. The only thing people will say is only 21 fights, but that's, I just think that's, you know, where where, where she's at, isn't she? So obviously she put a lot of her time into amateur boxing. And yeah, I think ending on a high, I don't think it would get higher than that, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, got to be honest, Scott. I, I agree with you there. Scott, I want to ask you as well. I mean, looking at it from Amanda Serrano's point of view, I mean, Jake Paul, right, he gets his criticism. I've openly criticised him, and I think you have as well, Scotty. We all have us, you know, passionate boxing fans at some point. Um, we've all got our opinions on him and, you know, the, the things he says and the things he does sometimes in, in the sport that we love. But is it fair to say that in Amanda Serrano's case that he has done wonders for her in getting that into this type of fight? Do you think that's fair to say? And, you know, obviously... You know the popularity that he has got, maybe not amongst boxing fans, but the worldwide, you know, popularity he's got. Do you think that's helped as well, Amanda Serrano's case to get into this position, or do you think she's done it all of her own back, Scott? And obviously the un- undoubted talent she's got. I think it's a mixture of both because we they were talking about this Serrano Taylor fight when they back in lockdown and um it was on and it was off and it was going to be in Eddie's back garden, wasn't it? Um, yeah, which is obviously right. great. But it's you know it's not headlining Mad- uh, Madison Square Garden, um, you know getting seven figures each and this the worldwide sort of esteem that has got. I th- I think Jake's helped build it up and um, with his obviously his profile as well, and also with you know Amanda Serrano's um, sort of backstory and everything she's done. So I think is a it, I think from a business move Serrano gave me Jake Paul's absolute absolute genius move because without 
him and without her, I don't think either Katie Taylor or it would be even headlining Madison Square Garden, let alone in the money that they're doing. And yeah, um, shining this massive light on women's boxing on the weekend. So I think it was a fantastic move and, you know, good for them both. They deserve it. Yeah. Did you did you expect did you expect to see him on his undercard, Scott? Do you think he was gonna throw himself? Or do you think he's got too much respect, obviously, for his fighter? Um and I mean he wouldn't want to sort of not that he would steal a limelight from her, but he wouldn't want to sort of, you know, be in that conversation like I just think he'd want to be headlining and I think that's I think he like he's backing off because I think he he I think he sees his sort of boxing and, and her boxing as two different entities and I think uh yeah, I think he couldn't have somebody taking the limelight off him. And there's only so many people he's going to fight because he's not going to go in with, the, with the, the British, you know, champion, is he? Or an area, a Southern Area title champion. He's going to want to fight a ex-UFC guy or Michael Bispin he's talking about now or, mm-hmm. or Tommy Fury just so they can sell the tickets in the money. So, no, I think I'm not surprised he's not on the undercard. Uh, let's speak about the undercard a little bit then, Scott. We mentioned, obviously, the co-main event. As I said, I... I personally think I agree with you about maybe not in Madison Square Garden but I think in its own right it, it could be a main event somewhere you know um, Liam BP Smith we know him so well over here obviously um, in the UK version Jesse Vargas it's a it's a very good fight Scott it's a competitive fight um, and I think both men see it I know Beefy does because he've said it openly they see it as another sort of route to possibly get in another shot maybe one last Title shot, world title shot, Scott. Yeah, I mean, Liam's ranked highly enough. He, he went obviously after Russia, and I think he lost and on a on a stinker of a card, which I'm not entirely surprised with. You know what it's well, like. He won that fight. He won that fight. Yeah, of course he did. He won that fight. And I think the world knows that. So I think if he wins, um, obviously he had that domestic uh, dust up with um, Anthony Fowler and showed I think the golfing class. I was there, but, Scott. I was very drunk, but I was there. Oh yeah, you went to that, didn't you? It was my yeah. it was on my birthday. Yeah, yeah, I was there. Was, that was right, a great. Then. That was a great night. That was a great night. Um, yeah, I I think so. I think he's he's well in well in for for the for the shout with him. He obviously got Jamel Charlo. He's sort of the man, isn't he, of the, of the division, I would say. Yeah, Brian Castano, obviously, as well, isn't he, in the division. You've got that absolute giant as well, you know, that Fandora, is he, that six foot six? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know what's going on there, but I mean, that I know he hasn't got us, um, I know he's got the interim title, but yeah, uh, yeah, I think Smith now got, he's got to be lucky in beating this guy, and then this guy, Vargas, very good fighter, beating him, and then he's got to be, got to be going for the world title, and then. I think if he if he loses that's game over, but then I think if he wins, maybe he's got a couple more fights in him. And we like Beefy Scott, don't we? I mean, he's got to be respected. You know, he's sometimes people don't always agree with some of the things he says. I, I've noticed that, but for what he does in the ring, and you know, he's he's one of those classic game fighters. He's tough, and he always brings a fight. And you know, as a boxing fan, that's all you want to see. So I, I think he's he's pretty much for what he does in the ring, Scott. He, he's very well respected within the UK, isn't he? Oh yeah, definitely. He's a, you know the Smith brothers all are. I mean, they're, they're fantastic fighters. Um, I, I know I, I like the sort of edge to Liam. I think I think that's what makes what makes his character and his and his, his boxing persona interesting. Is that the edge he's got and that sort of that scouser sort of um, personality, which is you know always cracking jokes. And so yeah, no, I think he's I think he's a great fighter. I think he's got a great chance um, against uh, Jesse Vargas, who is a great fighter. Vargas never, Vargas never been stopped, Scott. I, I know Liam, I, I believe I'm right in saying that because I'm sure I saw an interview with Liam where he said that he wants to be the first man to do it. Um, do you 
do you think? I mean, I don't know much you've watched of Jesse Vargas. I haven't seen it massive, a great deal, if I'm being honest. I'm not going to come on here and lie and say, oh, I've seen this, I've ever seen that. I haven't. Um, obviously, we've seen more of Beefy. Do you think Beefy's got it in him to, to get that big statement, make that big statement and, and stop Jesse Vargas from again? Well, the last fight Vargas had was, you know, February 2020 against Mike Garcia. So he's you're talking two and a bit years out of the ring. That's going to be massive, I think. Mm. Um Obviously, fought Mikey Garcia last out. Uh, unanimous decision. I, yeah, I think he can stop him, definitely. Um, I think that's the statement he's got to make, really. If he wants to put himself in with the Charles, the world, he's got to go out and, and, beat, and beat him and beat him well. Um, I definitely think he can do it. I didn't think he was going to stop Fowler, to be honest. I thought that was going to be a points decision, but he went in there and, you know, did the business. So, He's looking good. At, yeah, I think he can stop him. I don't think he will. I think he'll be points. I think he'll win on points. But um, yeah, I wouldn't put it past him totally. Yeah, because I think it's fair to say he's got he is carrying a little bit of momentum again, though, isn't he? I think that's fair to say. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that. You know, I'm not comparing an Anthony Fowler win to a beating Jesse Vargas or, or the likes of that. I'm not comparing those two things. But what I'm saying to you is, that, I mean, we both just said, as most boxing fans have said, we think he well, he did win in Russia. Not think he did win in Russia. He beat a good fighter out there. Obviously, then big, you know, big win in his city in front of his own people, his own crowd. You know, on a, on a big show in Liverpool, another good win, a stoppage. As you said, not many people thought he would stop Fowler. He did. Um, so yeah, he's, I think it's fair to say he's carrying a little bit of momentum coming into this fight as well, Scott. And I'm glad you mentioned obviously the the slight bit of ring rust that Jesse Vargas has got as well. That, that could be such a telling thing in the fight. Definitely. Um, I, I like you said. His momentum, and I think he's got a belief in himself, and he's he's got that hunger as well. I think he he really wants that last sort of big fight before he calls it a day. And yeah, I think uh, this is, to be honest, the perfect opportunity. He's a big name, and he's has been in the ring for two years, and is in Madison Square Garden. So, yeah, great fight. Yeah, looking forward to it, Scott. Looking forward to it. And Scott, isn't there's another big big fight this weekend? Um, are they fall? Are they fall? That's what I wanted to ask you. Are they falling on the same day? The Obviously, Shakur Stevenson and Oscar Valdez. Is it the same? It's the same night, isn't it? Or am I right in saying they moved it to the night after? No, it's the same night, Saturday, 30th April. The other one's in the MGM Grand, oh. and the other one's in uh, Yeah. How do we deal? How do we deal with that, Scott? It's the open the iPad, open the laptop. Is it open? All, that's the only way we deal with it, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Then um, I think it's is on ESPN in America. I'm not sure where we get it on over here. Um, fight TV on... are usually top rank, isn't it? I think it'd be Fight TV. Uh, yeah. Um, well, that, I, would yeah. Be pay, that would be pay-per-view then, wouldn't it? I think so. I'm, I don't think I'd be paying for that, to be honest. It's a great fight, don't get me wrong. But I, yeah, I won't be... I think I'll be sticking on my The Zone uh, app for that one. I mean, what, what do you make of the, the fights going on? I've got to be honest, I, I think it is a great... I think the word you used there was great fight, and I, I think it is. Um, I think Shakur Stevenson is potentially the next big boxing superstar. I, I know it may be a big statement to make. It's early days. Um, but from what I've seen of him, I've been very impressed. And I think potentially, I mean, also just the way he carries himself, the way he looks. Um, he's got Andre Ward as part of his team looking after him, guiding him. I mean, what better person to have? It, it's, it just looks, he's got the makings of looking like a potential superstar in the making in the future, Scott. Do you think that's fair to say? Yeah, I mean it's just because he's so young. He's you know, he's he's only he's only twenty four. I mean he's already beaten, you know, Jamel Herring, which is no easy feat, is it? Um winning the WBO. Um yeah, I think if he if he beats Oscar Valdez or 
is an unbelievable fight and 30 know himself with a massive 23 knockouts. I think whoever wins that then is the really is the sort of poster boy for the super featherweights. Um, but yeah, Shakur Stevenson, he does, he, he looks classy as well. Do you know what I mean? He looks good. He looks, he's just got everything. I, and he's, I mean, 24, he's got what, 10 years potentially left in him to fight. Um, obviously, um, uh, Oscar Valdez is 31, so he's coming towards the end. Is there maybe a change in the guards, you know, with the young boy coming through? I think it is. I can see Chukur beating him. I don't think he knocks him out. I think he beats him on points. Yeah, mm. I just think I think he's going to be the like the Devin Haney of the of the of the world, isn't he? The next big American prospect. Um, I and as I said, Scott, great. I think I think obviously you know, you know as he moves into potential becoming a superstar. Being guided by someone like I know he's his manager, Andre Ward, you know, and having somebody with that experience, that class, you know, retiring undefeated like he did, such a great fight in his own right. I mean, it's only gonna, it's only gonna put Shakur Stevenson in good stead moving forward, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if he loses, he comes again. He's twenty-four, you know, and he's gone up against the world champion, you know, who's thirty, you know, with all those knockouts. So, I mean, it's one versus two, sort of ranked in the world. Um, there's no. There's no shame in losing to Oscar Valdez. There's no shame in losing to Shakur Stevenson. So it's what we want to see, isn't it? We want to see number one being number two. Um, You've and... got to say credit to both men. I mean, everybody has made that fight happen because, like you said, Definitely. that's what we want to see. We need to see more of it in boxing. Definitely. And uh, yeah, comrade, uh, I'm excited to see what the next step for the for the for the winner is. I mean, obviously Oscar Valdez. Well, we talked about Shakur Stevenson. Let's just touch on Oscar Valdez. He... He's coming off a, a good win again against uh, Miguel Buchelt as well. A lot of people didn't think he'd win that fight. Buchelt was a big, big puncher going into the fight, and you know he, he made a bit of a statement knockout himself. One of the one of the highlight green knockouts you'd see. Obviously, he's in Team Canelo. Um, he's training day in day out. It must have a, you know it must have an effect on you being and training alongside Canelo every day, Scott, doesn't it? Uh, I mean, yeah, and obviously. You know, is it Eddie Reno? So is this is the is the trainer? The trainer yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. I mean, th- is there anybody better than them? Pen in the world of boxing at the moment, trainer and fighter, Canelo and Reno. So I don't think there is. So if mm-hmm. if you had to choose, really, where you'd want to go, you'd most probably go there, wouldn't you? So he's done. You could ask for anything better. Yeah, yeah. Well, Scott, plenty to look forward to this weekend. Yeah, um, it keeps us keeps us busy on a Saturday night. I'm not sure. Um, I don't know how, how's your missus going to feel, Scott, about all this, all, all this boxing on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's obviously it'll be early. It was the morning I take it, wasn't it for us? Yeah, yeah, it will be. Of course, we will. Yeah, yeah. So that's how that, that's the excuse on the way out. Scott. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Anything else, Scott? Obviously, I, I missed. Um, I don't think we have missed anything. Is is there anything? Obviously, we've seen in and around boxing past few days, Scott. Anything you think we need to add or? I don't well, think so, Key. I think I think we've we've managed to touch on everything. I think we have covered all areas. Maybe oh, I tell you what. Um, uh, on the undercard of uh of the Katie Taylor fight, you've got um, Gamal Yafai's brother. Ah, caught a Scott. I'm so glad you picked it up. Great stuff. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You know he's one and all. Kali Yafai, yeah, Kali Yafai, yeah. Galal, uh, yeah, Galal, yeah, is fighting. Yeah. Um, Galal, obviously, I. He's he's going to be moved quickly, Scott, isn't he? We could see that. I mean, obviously, he was thrown straight into on on his on his pro debut. He was in a what was it a ten rounder, wasn't it? And it was it was for a title. 
Yeah, that, again, that, you know, ten rounded again for the WBC international flight title now. And you know, one and zero, it's not bad, is it? Scott, that doesn't happen unless you special. If I remember rightly, that's similar to the past. Now we're not comparing the two, so don't think I am. But without putting any pressure on him either, but that's similar to the path that Lomachenko went down. Obviously, yeah. when he turned pro because of the amateur background and the success in the amateurs, they could see how quickly he was going to move. And I mean, we see in this now they obviously, obviously rate if I you know so highly and think that he's got a massive future and they're willing to put him straight into these these title fights these ten rounders there's no you know I'll be warm him up with a four rounder a six rounder there's none of that he's looked straight past all Scott and he here he is now in his second ten rounder and you know they 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 decent opponents as well that they, they put him so they're gonna move him quickly and they yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens. I mean, you you worry that they might move him too quickly, but I mean, if he's good enough, then then yes, is is what we're going to see. We're always quick on me to say, oh, you know, come on, like obviously with Conor Ben, or come on, get him moving, get him fighting for the world title. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, Eddie's the man, isn't he? He knows all the right people to pick, and I, and yeah, Galali fights and have a massive future. I think 29 now, so yeah, he's going to get a bit of a move on. I think. Yeah, well picked up, Scott. I'm glad you um, I'm glad you threw Alan so we can give out a mention as well. Um, just for anyone that is listening, as I said, Scott, we are hoping to catch up with um Nick Ball. Obviously, a big win on the weekend, as we said. Be interesting to see get his thoughts on the fight. Um, potential. Like so, Isaac Lowe has mentioned he wants a rematch. Get his thoughts and feelings on that. So, Scott, for anyone that does, obviously follow us across all the social media platforms. Um, I just want to keep an eye out for it. Definitely, really looking forward to that one. Great stuff, Scott. Pleasure as always, mate. Um, yeah, cheers, enjoy, enjoy the rest of the evening and I'll, uh, I'll catch up with you over the weekend, Scott. No worries, mate. Speak to you soon, tell me. Cheers, buddy. Ta-ra. And thank you, as always, for listening to this podcast. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Overcast and various other platforms. This has been Southwest Boxing Media Speaks in association with Brixton Streetwear.